And welcome into the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. I am Noah Yingling, one of the co-experts of the site. And for this episode of the podcast, we have Bernie Williams, who was a five-time All-Star, four-time World Series winner, and four-time Gold Glove winner with the New York Yankees. Now, he is in town in Denver for the All-Star festivities for a very important reason, as he is partnering with... MLB, as well as Boehringer Ingelheim, the largest privately owned pharmaceutical company in the world to raise awareness for the rare and fatal lung disease, idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, also known as IPF. About 50,000 people in the U.S. are diagnosed with it every year, and his father passed away from the disease 20 years ago. But before we start with him, we would like to welcome back our sponsor, Manscaped. Summer's here. Are you ready to unveil your beach pod? You're in luck with our friends at Manscaped because they just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0. Yes, you heard that right, 4.0. Compliment your summer bod with a trim from the leaders in male grooming by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. Their Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on and off switch, which can engage a travel lock, and gives you the ability to turn the 4,000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Did I mention this trimmer is also waterproof? That's part of the reason why the Lawnmower 4.0 is the best trimmer for you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. 20% off and free shipping with the code F-A-N-S-I-D-E-D and the number 20 at manscaped.com. Escape the shrubs and weeds this summer and shine with Manscaped. In our conversation with Bernie Williams, we talk about his experience in the All-Star Game, his father's health with IPF, his baseball career, retirement, his experience playing in the World Baseball Classic, his thoughts on baseball today, and the differences in the game today and when he played as well as his music career. So without any further ado, here is our first segment with Yankees Hall of Famer, Bernie Williams. So you are there at the All-Star Game in Denver, and the last time the Rockies held it was in 1998, and you were an All-Star for that, but I know you were on the disabled list that time with an injury. Were you out there at the time, or were you just selected and weren't able to travel out there for it? I was selected, but I was not able to travel, which I totally regret. Uh, fortunately, I was injured, uh, and the team uh, really, really uh, uh, suggested, strongly suggested that I did not make the trip. It would have been a nice. Uh, it would have been a nice thing because uh, I remember at that time. They were still trying to, to figure out, you know, how to deal with the altitude and the balls flying. And it would have been a blast to be able to play here under those conditions. Now, you did have a little bit of playing time at Coors Field. You only had one series or three games. 
but you ended up hitting 467 with an OPS over 1,000. So hitting there, how is it different for you, even though obviously it was limited time, how is it different for you in in comparison to other stadiums? Well, I think that you feel uh, that in other stadiums, uh, you know, there's a couple of of factors that you have to take in consideration too, you know, given, you know, uh, including the, you know, the, the wind, uh, you know, uh, obviously the altitude, uh, and uh, I felt that every ball that I hit here in the air, and I hit really had a good swing on it, had an opportunity to get out of the park. Uh, and to have that sort of uh, mentality when you come up to the plate, it kind of messes a little bit with your swing. You're not trying to make contact. Every swing you make, it's, it has that little bump, you know, because you always have this, you know, uh, thing in your mind that you can hit a home run at any point, especially in a, in a field like that. So uh, I think it, it might have uh, possibly, uh, positively uh, uh, influenced, you know, my series here because uh, I was able to uh, maybe just maybe think a little bit more with a sluggish percentage in mind as opposed to be more of a contact guy. But, uh, I mean, you still have to hit the ball. You still have to see it hit it, and uh, I, I do, I mean, I don't remember hitting that well here, I'm glad that you mentioned those numbers, but uh, <laughs> I remember that it, uh, people in my team feeling excited to come here and play, uh, and I think that's one of the things that I definitely take from uh, that series, that everybody was very excited, except for the pitchers, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so, you are out there for this All-Star game in partnership with MLB as a part of the Breathless campaign with Boehringer Ingelheim, which is the largest privately owned pharmaceutical company in the world. And you are out there to raise awareness for the rare and fatal lung disease, idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, which is a mouthful, but it's also known as IPF, as you know. And your father passed away from it about 20 years ago. Um, can you tell us more about the disease and the impact that it had on your father and your family as well? It was a devastating disease. Uh, my father was misdiagnosed for about five years before he actually had a doctor that was able to diagnose him correctly. At the time, there's nothing else, not, nothing much else that they could do for my dad. Uh, he was a pretty advanced. In the, in the, in, you know, the process and his disease. Uh, and, uh, it, it really, uh, uh, you know, it devastated us. Our family, our father was, you know, our Superman. Uh, he made his life, you know, being a merchant marine. So he has this worldly experience, a lot of knowledge and a, a lot of that he passed on to us. Uh, he was the one that taught me how to play the guitar, you know, at my very young age. Uh, and he was the one that taught me how to uh, play baseball. And with that, you know, he taught me about a lot of life lessons, you know, in between one and the other. Uh, so when he started feeling uh, that he couldn't breathe, you know, uh, feeling fatigue and things that uh, he would take for granted, like, you know, running with us, you know, and, and the, you know, beach in, in Puerto Rico, uh, playing catch and doing all these things, uh, he's like every... Uh, Puerto Rican male, old school, you know, he was very uh, apprehensive about going to the doctor. Uh, but once he did, uh, we had, you know, the, uh, you know, the sad news. Uh, and we still very, we're still very hopeful that he could uh, get over this. Uh, but unfortunately for him and for us, uh, it was, uh, it was uh, tragic, you know, the fact that we lost him. 
But uh, out of that tragedy came uh, about 40 years ago, uh, me teaming up with Bear Ringer Ingenheim on this breathless campaign in which we have been able to uh, raise awareness about this devastating disease. Uh, and uh, we have been doing uh, a, a great job, uh, you know, taking the uh, major baseball platform, going to different uh, places, different cities, talking about my father and how great he was for me and, and the disease that took his life. Uh, we have been able to uh, uh, interact with uh, patients, doctors, uh, people that didn't even know that this thing existed uh, are, are more cognizant of the disease right now. And it's an ongoing process, and it's one that I'm, I feel very proud uh, to be a part of because it's, you know, obviously uh, uh, because uh, it, it touches my life in a very uh, special way. So uh, it, it's great. Uh, breathless campaign. Uh, we have been doing a lot of things over the course of the last four or five years, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, has been one thing that, uh, you know, it definitely fills my, my year. Uh, I feel that I'm paying my respect and a, a tribute to my father's life and at the same time helping a lot of people along the way. So it's, it's, a, it's a win-win for everybody. Now, obviously, you had to deal with that since you had mentioned he was misdiagnosed and him being sick for all those years during your playing career. How... Uh, how difficult was it when you were playing to kind of remove that from your mind and keep focused on playing the game when you're having to deal with that with your father? Well, uh, contrary to popular belief, I guess most people would assume that I would have that thing in my mind all the time, and I did. But I think baseball was like that one distraction that I had that I could get away from everything for at least three or four hours before I would go back right in the middle of the, my, uh, you know, obviously, uh, sadness and thinking about my dad. So I think baseball in that sense was a godsend for me because it just kept my mind away from uh, what I was going through at the time. It was pretty heavy, man. That was some heavy stuff. So I think baseball uh, was able, I was able to uh, get through it, you know, because of baseball in many ways. Um, what are some of the events that are going to be held as part of the All-Star festivities out there to raise awareness for the, the disease? We have been here at the con at Convention Center. Uh, we have uh, actually had an opportunity to do uh, a meet and greet with the fans. Uh, we have a booth here, a breathless booth. Uh, we have some presence at the Convention Center where people can uh, actually come and uh, at a certain time of the day have an opportunity to meet me. Uh, and learn a little bit more about the disease. Uh, we have talked uh, to several people, uh, interviews with top cars and, uh, and some uh, Q&A that they have, uh, uh, have held in the uh, clubhouse area of the convention center. I think you know, it has been really, really cool to have this opportunity to interact with fans after COVID. Uh, it has been, I mean, you, you don't know what you have until you miss it. <laughs> and uh, just being out of the, you know, out of my game for a year and uh, not being able to do what I do uh, best, you know, uh, interact with fans, you know, reminisce about my career and uh, raise awareness about these, uh, about IPF, uh, took a, you know, a backseat, you know, last year with the COVID. So now we're getting to get back into the swing of things, you know, and uh, it's kind of like old times and uh, it's uh, so special to uh, have that opportunity back again. Uh, to kind of like interact with fans and talk about the game, you know, talk about, you know, things that are 
were happening before COVID. So uh, I, I, to me, has been a, a great thing. Turning towards your baseball career, throughout your development in baseball, who were some of the people that helped you get to the majors and stay in the majors as long as you did? Well, I, I, that's a good question. I, I think, you know, first and foremost, uh, my father's influence uh, and his, you know, his advice. I mean, ever, even when I was like 10 years deep in the big leagues, he still was calling me in the middle of the night saying, hey, why are you swinging at that high one? <laughs> he was always ready to give me advice, and uh, I think I considered uh, him a very, very important part of my development as a, as a human being, but more importantly as a baseball player. And then you have, you know, numerous coaches and managers along the way, you know, with uh, I've been so unfair to, because I know I'm going to leave a lot of people out, but, you know, the main guys, you know, obviously the managers and the general managers and the people in the administration in the Yankee organization, that's saw things in me that I didn't see at the time that, you know, gave him the idea that I was going to be a good baseball player. Nobody has that, you know, that, that thing in their minds, you know, when they're 18, 19 years old. So I have to depend a lot of, you know, on a lot of people that liked me back then that could visualize me being 25, 20, you know, 26 years old and doing the things that I was able to do. Uh, so starting with the managers, I mean, obviously, Buck Walter, Gene Michael, Joe Torre, uh, coaches like, you know, uh, Rick Down, Jim Lafave, uh, and, uh, and my teammates, you know, old teammates, uh, and uh, people that I sort of took me under their wing as mentors when they were playing, people like Don Manningly and Willie Randolph, and I know I've been unfair because along the way it has been numerous, numerous people that have helped me along the way to be who I was as a baseball player, so, but those are the ones that come to mind, and then everybody else, they know who they are, so I, I and my gratitude to them as well. Now, one of those coaches that you had was also, before he was a Yankees coach, he was a Rockies coach, and that's Don Zimmer. What was your relationship like with him? We had a great relationship. I think he was one of those guys that, no-nonsense guys, that every team should have one of those guys on their team. He's a guy that tells you, tells us how it is. I think Joe relied heavily on him to make the on-game decisions. He's his vast knowledge of the game was uh, one that everybody could rely upon in those tough situations within the course of the game and make it a pitching change, uh, you know, calling a hit and run, calling a bunt, you know. Uh, and he, he, he was at a baseball encyclopedia, and we were so fortunate to have him as part of our coaching staff for the time that he was there. I remember him charging Pedro on a fight. I remember him getting hit with a foul ball and then wearing an Army helmet. For, and then Derek, you know, knocking on him for good luck. Yeah, I mean, we had so many great memories. Him in spring training, he had this little spiel running the bases that you know you never hear anybody talk about it on uh, you know on, on the media. But he he was just a great pleasure to be around. Him and his wife, uh, they were just devoted their life to baseball, and uh, he, we were blessed to have him as, as part of our coaches uh, and the year that I the years that I was playing. No doubt about that. In our second segment with Yankees Hall of Famer Bernie Williams, we talk about his relationship with the core four of Derek Jeter, Jorge Posada, Mariano Rivera, and Andy Pettit, as well as some of his favorite memories of them, as well as his retirement and how he kind of wishes he would have been able to play a little bit longer in the major leagues, but 
We also talk with him about how he was able to play in the World Baseball Classic in 2009. That, on the other side of this break, here on the Rocks Pile, Rockies Report. You were talking about some of the player relationships you had, too. Now, obviously, with the Yankees, a lot of them, uh, you included, stayed together for a while, especially like with the core four, Jeter, Posada, Rivera, and Pettit. What what was your relationship like with them, and how has that continued, if it has continued, since you guys have all retired? Well, I think I could just kind of split this into a couple of things. I think it, it does start at the very top with the ability of the the organization to keep the players, at least keep that core players going. Uh, and they were, I think, in my estimation, they spend the money wisely. And what happens is that, you know, the more time that you spend together with, uh, you know, with a teammate, you develop this bond. And we had a great uh, bond with those teams in the 90s. You know, they spend the money wisely to keep the core. And when I say core, you know, you talk about, you know, Andy Pettit, Mariano Rivera, Jorge Posada, uh, Derek Jeter, you know, and the people that actually came after that, they came into their own, you know, guys like Dave Cohn, Tim Raines, uh, Chili Davis, uh, you know, um, um, Daryl Strawberry, uh, you know, Dwight Gooden. I mean, all those guys that had their moment in time uh, with the team, and I know that I'm not mentioning. I'm, I'm going to leave somebody, you know, out there uh, hanging. But uh, it, it, you know, having a relationship over a course of a number of years with people that you may consider family, because these people, you, you know, things about these people that not even their closest family members know. You know, you develop this bond for you know for time that it, it lasts forever, and uh, and put an icing on the cake being part of the World Series teams and going through the trenches with them and knowing, you know, uh, being able to, you know, in baseball terms, kind of finishing each, each other's sentences, uh, you know, in terms of knowing where the person is going to be, you know, you take Derek Jeter's play in Oakland, uh, it's a prime example of that, you know, you have a guy that we've played together for so many years that he knew he had the instincts to be there at the right place at the right time. And that thing doesn't come, you know, Cheap. It doesn't come easy. It comes with years uh, of uh, you know bonding together as team uh, uh, team players, uh, and so you take that you know after you retire, uh, 10, 15 years after that, you still have that camaraderie. Even though if you don't see those players for for a year, maybe two, maybe three, five, ten years, you come in and you you know you go into an old timers day, and everybody's wearing the same uniform. It is like old times, you know. It's like this great. Uh, uh, relationship that we have cultivated over years and I know that if I call these people at any point during the course of the year they will answer my calls and I do the same thing for them uh, so it's something that goes beyond the game and it's something that's really special that we have uh, and it's uh, you know something that to be very proud of Towards the end of your career you had an 8 year contract and then entering the 2007 season if I'm not mistaken, you weren't offered an MLB deal by the Yankees, but you were just offered a minor league deal with a spring training invite, but you didn't accept it, and then you en- never ended up playing in the majors again. Do you do you regret not playing in the majors again or not having that one final last hurrah? Yeah, I think, you know, in hindsight, 
I have torn emotions about that. I think that the, 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 the way that I left the team was one that it was not in the best, like it was not ideal. But breakups are never, you know, <laughs> are never, you know, are, are always difficult. Yeah. Uh, I would have, I would have loved to have an opportunity to say, okay, this is my last year, and I would would have loved to have, you know, what Derek had, or what maybe Big Poppy had, or maybe what Mariano had, uh, just to give it like a tour. Uh, but you know, it just didn't happen that way. But I, what I do have is the memories. I do have uh, all of the things that we went through that are still kind of fresh in my mind. You know, from all those years. You know, the ticker tape parades that we were talking about actually shortly. Uh, you know, a, a while ago. Uh, and all the relationships that I have with all these people that are kind of like, you know, you've got those, your kids growing together. Uh, you know, you gotta, it, you almost feel like they're members of this great family that uh, uh, keeps growing, you know, because, you know, it, you played in, in the 70s, you played in the 80s, you know, you played in the 50s, and they're all part of this great family called the Yankee, you know, Yankee team. And what the Yankee, always a Yankee, and, uh, I, I feel that uh, now I have a better relationship with them because all of that is you know, kind of past. Uh, I feel like I'm a good representative of the club everywhere that I go. Uh, they always kind of associate me with the Yankees because of the fact that I was able to play my whole career with them. And I think in hindsight, it, has been, it, it was a great move. Uh, there's not a lot of people that can say that, uh, especially the people in my core. Even one of the, those core guys and they actually went to play with the with the Astros and then came back uh, so not even him can say you know the things that I could say about my career uh, that I was able to play with the Yankees uh, and only the Yankees for my whole tenure uh, I think I consider that something to be proud of uh, and uh, at the end of the day you know once you know the blow you know the, the smoke blows and uh, everything is clear you, you get a chance to look at your career and say hey and I was very blessed to, to be able to be with these teams for all these years, being part of these World Series teams. And the, even the ones that we, did, we didn't win, we were so proud to be part of that, especially 99 and things like that. So I have no regrets uh, looking in hindsight, but there's always this like little thing in the back of your mind, hey, man, you should have done this, you should have done that. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, water past the bridge uh you don't look at it you look forward to the future and uh, what the future holds and in my case hopefully uh still looks bright now also too after you played with the yankees you did have a chance to participate in the world baseball classic for your native puerto rico what was that experience like for you in participating in with that for your home country it was an awesome experience uh, I say that I've said this before. Every time you have an opportunity to play for your own country and represent them uh, in any kind of international competition, it's it's a it's certainly an honor. But I think uh, playing baseball for the World Baseball Classic brought me back to the times that where I was a kid. You know, going into regionals and state championships, and even my home hometown, where the culture dictated how you play the game. Uh, and to me, that was the one thing that I experienced, and I would take that more than anything else out of the World Baseball Classic, is that we were able to put our culture in the way that we play the game in Puerto Rico and have that as, you know, representative of our country. You know, the Dominicans play a certain way, 
the Venezuelans play a certain way, the Americans play a certain, a certain way, and the Puerto Ricans play a certain way as well. And to me, that was the one thing that I was able to enjoy and take out of that all those uh, tournaments. The fact that I was playing for my hometown, my homeland, and I was, you know, part of the cultural experience, bringing that as a representative of my my country into into playing baseball at such a great stage. And I think all the guys that had the opportunity to do that exact, feel exactly the same way. I mean, we're kind of close. We never were able to kind of, you know, uh, make it all the way to the end. And I think that the teams that actually de- uh, did make it to the end, you know, I remember now maybe a couple of years back, you know, that team blog that Puerto Rico came with, you know, with after after Maria, everybody was, you know, it, it galvanized Puerto Rico after that tragedy with the hurricane. Uh, and, uh, you know, those are the things you take with you. You know, you don't take anything else. You know, you take the memories and you take all the great times that you spent together. Uh, so to me, playing in Puerto, for Puerto Rico was a, a special time. In our final segment with Yankees Hall of Famer Bernie Williams, we discuss his thoughts on baseball today and the differences between today's game and the game that he played 15, 20, 25 years ago, as well as his music career. That on the other side of this break, you're on the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. For baseball today, do you do you still watch a lot of games and try to stay involved as much as possible in whether it's the Yankees or other teams and just watching the games and seeing today's players and how it's different from the game that you played 15, 20, 25 years ago? Yeah, I think it's fascinating to, to see the... Uh... The, uh, the similarities and also the differences. Uh, I think there's, I think there's more similarities than differences, but the differences are really big. <laughs> uh, I mean, you still have to hit the ball, you still have to throw it, you still have to run the bases, you still have to, you know, do all these things that make you a baseball player. The way to go about it nowadays has changed. Uh, I think in many ways, you know, I think bringing the the instant replay has done a lot of good things. I know that the team. Uh, you know, the, the game itself has gotten through this great transition because they want to speed up the game, try to move it into uh, modern days, you know, where everything is so time uh, uh, demanding. Uh, you know, the days of just spending leisurely four or five hours, you know, enjoying a baseball game, you know, with your friends, you know, over, I don't know, whatever. Those times are you know, pretty, you know, few and far in between. So the game has to move, you know, with the times that we're living right now. I just don't feel that they should tinker too much with it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they should, you know, uh, you know, uh, because I think, you know, once you start doing that, then you send, you start, you know, messing with the essence of the game. And I, I'm old school. I mean, I will, I know that the game has to evolve and it has to transition to some extent, but there's a lot of things that should never change. And, you know, the way that I used to play the game, I, I, I kind of like that way. <laughs> but I'm biased, you know, so I think, you know, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Yeah. Um, now, have you ever considered uh, going into broadcasting or coaching or even front office work or even in the MLB commissioner's office with Commissioner Manfred and your former manager, Joe Torrey, is in the office as well? Have you ever considered possibly doing that? Yeah, uh, I've thought about it. Uh, but uh, I I have other interests. Uh, I mean that, that are really really important in my life right now. I think 
that era and that phase of my life that I played the game was glorious. Man, I just can't compare anything. Uh, there's a few things that I can that I can compare with being the center field of the New York Yankees for 16 years. I, mean, I don't think it gets it. You know, it doesn't get much better than that. But with that said, uh, the fact that I was able to sort of get out of the game at a certain age, you know, less than 40 years old, has given me an opportunity to pursue a lot of things that I really had a lot of interest, you know, and including music, including arts, including, you know, giving back to the community and doing a lot of uh, the things that I'm doing right now to raise awareness about ITS, the Breathless Campaign. Those are things that I would never be able to do if I was, like, full-on involved in, uh, you know, a baseball career after my tenure. So... I, I really enjoy the time that I played, but I also consider that, you know, to have a full life, you know, you have to do other things as well. And I think that having the opportunity to do that at, at, at the age that I am doing it, uh, because I was able to retire at the age that I was able to retire, uh, has been a blessing in disguise. Uh, being able to do a lot of things that I was not, be, that I was not able to do as a baseball player. Uh, including knowing what a summer feels like on a, on a beach. <laughs> you know, little yeah. things like that that you kind of take for granted. You know, most people take for granted. I never knew what was, you know, being on a, on a, on a beach in the summer, in the, in the middle of the summer for 22 years while I was playing, <laughs> you know. So I, I think there's, you know, more to life than baseball. And I obviously know that for a fact now. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I like where my life is right now, you know, have in total control, I mean, as much as I can to do the things that I want to do. Uh, and uh, it's good, man. It's good. It's a good thing. Now, one of those interests I know you mentioned and I know has probably been the most uh, famous experience that you've had outside of baseball is your music career. Um, obviously, you have the Latin flair in your music from your heritage, but what made you decide to go down the jazz route with your music? Well, I thought that jazz would give me the best opportunity to have a certain knowledge of the uh, of what I was trying to get accomplished. Uh, I think to have a curriculum that you study and you, you kind of make it official, uh, you kind of dissect music for what it is, uh, the art and the mathematics of it, and being, you know, like really uh, involved in that process, just exactly the same way about, uh, you know, going into baseball. Uh, I needed to know where to hit the ball, how to hit the ball, uh, how to throw it, running the bases, all the little things that you kind of see as a, a spectator and say, oh, yeah, they're supposed to know that. Well, you are supposed to know that about music as well. And uh, and I think, you know, the, the fact that I chose jazz was because it does have a, a methodology that allows you to study it at a very deep level and then just kind of apply all that knowledge into all the things that you end up doing as a musician you know I feel like if you know in blameless terms if I knew how to play jazz I could probably just go into any kind of scenario and still hold my own as a musician and that's why I chose jazz not necessarily because I was uh, really intrigued by the music genre itself. I mean, I didn't know too much about the history of it, but I knew that most of the people that do play or have any kind of knowledge in jazz are able to play uh, a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of genres of music, you know, a lot of things that are that, that connectivity 
that the blues and jazz have. Uh, so I figured that if I was going to make the rest of my life and try to make it a career in music, I, you know, maybe might as well do it the right way. Uh, so that's why I started uh, really getting into jazz, and uh, it has paid off. Definitely has paid off. Now you last had an album in 2009. It was moving forward. Have you? thought about releasing another album since it's been over a decade since you've had an album last yeah yeah serious conversations about putting some music together i had an opportunity a great opportunity to graduate from the manhattan school of music with a jazz degree and that experience on itself has opened so many doors in my creativity you know talking about my creativity but also about the connections that i have made in the music world with all these great musicians so i think uh, you know, it's going to be a big difference in the music that you have heard, you know, from those two previous albums, because just because of my experience. Uh, now, more of a seasoned musician, uh, having the opportunity to hang out with a lot of people that are legit music, you know, legitimate uh, musicians. And I think, you know, I'm looking forward to see, you know, what comes out of uh, all this experience in, uh, you know, 10 years worth of uh, collecting information, getting knowledge, and uh, just networking and interacting with a lot of great people so i'm uh, i'm really excited about uh you know what's going to come out in the next album now on moving forward you collaborated with fellow athlete turned jazz musician wayman tisdale and he passed away right after the album came out what was your relationship like with him especially since he was an athlete like you and then he turned into a jazz musician i think in many ways unfortunate because I never really had an opportunity to meet him personally. I knew about him, and I knew about him jamming at the All-Star Games and at the NBA. Uh, and he was one guy that I would consider to be, uh, a, you know, like following his path. You know, the way he sort of uh, became a, an NBA player, and then he never really uh, uh, left, uh, you know, music. And actually when he retired he made it you know a very important part of his life to me that was uh, 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 the one thing that I looked on him was the fact that that was the one thing that I wanted to do with my own life after my professional sports career and he seemed to sort of have this path laid out and uh, for me to follow uh, so I think that was really really cool to have that sort of as a as a mentor uh even though I never had an opportunity to meet him personally, uh, to have that experience with him, uh, to, uh, you know, uh, follow his track, follow his career, and then, uh, uh, you know, follow in his footsteps. Uh, actually, he is the first notes that you hear in that uh, record moving forward are his bass playing, his piccolo bass playing, uh, you know, that, that scene. So uh, I have a lot to thank him for and I wish I had the opportunity to meet him personally to tell him but I know that uh, 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 you know hopefully I'll get a chance to see him again <laughs> and thank him <laughs> I'm going a little deep now philosophical but uh, he is definitely a great influence in, in what I was trying to do as a musician uh, uh, after my baseball career no doubt well thank you very much Bernie Williams joining us here on the Rocks Pile Rockies Report five time all star four time world series champion and four-time Gold Glove Award winner. Thanks for joining us, Bernie. Thank you so much for having me, man. Take care. Be safe. Thanks. You too. All right. 
A big thank you to Yankees Hall of Famer Bernie Williams, as well as Megan Call and Elise Felke of Ogilvy Health. If you live in the United States, you can follow Boehringer Ingelheim on Twitter at Boehringer US, which is spelled B-O-E-H-R-I-N-G-E-R-U-S. Or if you live out of the United States, you can follow them at Boehringer, B-O-E-H-R-I-N-G-E-R. You can also follow Bernie Williams on Twitter at BW51Official. If you would like to learn more about the Breathless Campaign, you can visit lungsandyou.com. And if you would like to donate to the research in finding a cure for pulmonary fibrosis, you can do so at pulmonaryfibrosis.org. And there you can learn more about the disease as well through the Pulmonary Fibrosis Foundation. And a big thanks to you for listening to this podcast. We will have more in the coming days from the Home Run Derby and the All-Star Game. And as Kevin Henry, my co-host and co-expert on RocksPile.com, always likes to say, hey, go Rockies.